Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Jake in the Paint podcast. I'm here for the third installment of our Coach's Corner series, and this is a little bit of a special episode for me. Not all you guys know, but I'm also a basketball player from my high school, and I don't usually like to intertwine the two as a player and a blogger with the podcast, but today's a special episode as I'm joined by my head coach, Coach Dave Blumenthal from Churchill High School. So welcome, Coach. Uh, thanks, Jake. It's a pleasure. Glad we can finally uh, get this done. Mm-hmm. And so Coach Blumenthal has coached at Frederick High School and Good Council and is entering his second year as the Churchill High School head coach. And so first of all, we're just going to dive into same things we talked about with the other coaches, just coaching philosophy, what things we can maybe look forward to this year, and just going to get to it. So I hope yeah, you have fun. Sounds good. So first, first off, what do you see as your main responsibility as a head basketball coach? You know, as, you know, as a head coach, you know, my main responsibility at the high school level is to just mold these kids, mm-hmm. you know, let them learn lessons that, you know, maybe I didn't see at the time or things that I wish I might have learned and also along things that I did learn that helped me along the way. Of course. Um, you know, just a great thing about sports. They get to learn those lessons in an environment where it's not going to have – such a negative impact on the rest of their life. Like Mm -hmm. some of these mistakes that kids make, if they make that in the real world, they lose their jobs, they lose their house, things like that. You know, at the high school level, they have a chance to kind of experiment with the way, the way things work and how, and how they can work on, you know, their discipline, their Mm self-motivation, anything like that. You know, Mm -hmm. I think for us, it's a, as a coaches, it's our job to put them in situations to, to make those decisions. Mm -hmm. And especially your, on the younger side of being a head coach, those lessons yeah. that you learned are more pre- more prevalent in today's world. Being a young head coach, what do you think are the advantages and some disadvantages? Yeah, one of the biggest advantages is just that I feel like, you know, I can relate a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that, you know, you and I specifically have talked about is, you know, the video game generation. And, you know, I'm 32 years old. I grew up playing video games, still mm-hmm. do so. Um, but it's a double-edged sword. I yeah. mean, because... Y- you know, as a coach, you got to be able to toe the line and, you know, not cross over as much because if you become too friendly, then your discipline isn't there. And mm-hmm. if you're trying to be too disciplined as a young, the kids can see right through you. So it's mm-hmm. just making sure that you're always genuine, mm-hmm. you know, and, and as a younger coach, if these kids can see how genuine you are, it does make things a little bit easier. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So even though you still have a young coaching career, what would you say is your most fulfilling moment not necessarily a biggest win or cutting down the nets for a championship but the most fulfilling moment where you really sit back and you're like okay this is why I coach uh yeah yeah ironically enough um it wasn't even really basketball related I mean it was because it happened during a game but it was you know one of my first few years at Frederick we had an incident where we had a shooting happen during the game mm-hmm. um it was pretty known in the in the Frederick area kind of what had happened um, and I think for me, the most fulfilling thing as a coach was finally really being able to use something real in their life that mm-hmm. happened off the court and use those lessons and and just kind of the aftermath of what happened to really build something closer. Mm-hmm. Um, we really came together. We were able to build a tighter family. It's one thing as a, you know, as a coach, we talk about creating this culture, building yeah. this family. And then when something like that happens so close to home, mm-hmm. you know, you really get to find out, is that really part of your philosophy? Like, how are you going to react? So what was, what was that game like? Oh, it was, you know, it was, it was a good game. I was coaching huh. JV at the time. It was my third year coaching. You know, it was like 30 seconds left. We're playing our rival school, and then all of a sudden, you know, the the incident ensues. And, um, you know, it was just crazy. Like, you go over this evacuation plan. You have all these things in place, and to see them things happen, and the kids react, and these kids 
are seeing what's going on and you're dealing with what they saw and being able to calm them down. Like you become a coach, a counselor, a parent, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't have a kid at the time, but yeah. I treated all my players like my kids. Mm -hmm. And so like all these emotions are running through your heads and you're trying to make sure that you're being understanding to all your kids. Like mm -hmm. it was just, it was a surreal experience, but it's one thing that has completely changed the way that I view my job as a coach. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I've been able to kind of jump the reins as a younger coach and being able to get into certain places faster mm -hmm. yeah because something like that has really just changed my entire that's a crazy philosophy. experience that's yeah um but you talked about it in that instant you became parent counselor coach all of the above what do you see now now that you are the head coach what do you see as your what do you strive for as your as far as your relationship with the players it, making sure they understand that i'm they're still people. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of coaches that I had, they viewed me as a player. And mm -hmm. Then you, they saw the player, and then if I was good enough in their eyes, they wanted to know who I was. Mm -hmm. I don't want any of my players to feel like that. I want my players to understand that I enjoy all of them as people first. You could be the last guy on the bench, and you're just as important to me and part of my family as the person who's scoring all the points because mm -hmm. in the end it doesn't matter because once you leave – we see the percentages of these kids that go on. It's a very small scale yeah. percentage that play at the next level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's great if my program's one that is being able to churn all these players. Like, that's a goal. We want to mm -hmm. develop. We want to do all that. I get it. But I want these kids to come back on homecoming, ironically enough, that's tonight at Churchill, and come mm -hmm. back and just say hi. Yeah. And say that they had a great experience, not, oh, yeah, hey, there's my coach that yeah. I had in high school. Like, yeah. that was my coach. That was my mentor. That was a guy that taught me something. Like, that mm -hmm. to me is. That's the best. So how do you – and we, you talked about this before, towing the line, playing both sides. How do you, on a day-to-day -day basis, even though there's some instances when you may need to instill a little bit more accountability and in some instances maybe after a big win you let guys be a little bit more free, how do you tow that line day in and day out? I think it's just wearing my true personality on my sleeve. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't try to act like I'm somebody I'm not. Mm -hmm. You know, some coaches, they come in and – you know, they're like, okay, well, I played for a disciplinarian, so I'm going to be the ultimate disciplinarian because that's what worked. Well, if that's not you, the kids see it. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a guy who likes to have fun, but I'm a guy who also knows when it's time to strap it up and when it's time to buckle down. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that I try to bring to every practice is that every practice is going to have times where we need to buckle down and every practice will have times where we're going to have a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, and I think being able to, to balance that, you know, keeps things fresh, keep things going. But it teaches these kids that, you know, there's more to life. You know, you got to buckle down at times mm -hmm. when you're at your job. Definitely. and You got to have times you got to let loose and have fun. Mm -hmm. And then. Moving on to Churchill about Churchill this year. Every year, first year as a coach, first year on the job, I can tell you the first year I was doing this, like you're still going figuring things out as you go. What do you what are the advantages that you're looking forward to being a second year head coach? I think I'm looking forward to seeing the progress. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, my situation's different. I been teaching down this way for eight years i mm -hmm. coached you know lacrosse and helped out for it so i knew the community like i had a little more intertwined in what's going on at churchill before i got the head coaching job for basketball specifically mm -hmm. um and you know i didn't follow basketball specifically much you know i was at frederick i was a good counselor like you mentioned mm -hmm. so i was very busy with that but i knew i knew the type of kids we had here so when the job opened it was a no-brainer mm -hmm. you know so the first year you know just like you said it's all about where do you start 
building your philosophy. Some mm-hmm. make sure they start with the off season. Some make sure they start with the disciplinary side. Mm-hmm. Some people start with this. And I tried to pick a few from each and go. And I think this year we're starting to add some more to get a little bit closer to what our overall philosophy wants to be. So I'm excited to see the growth. Mm-hmm. You know, we've gotten a lot of good comments from administration and outside the building that see these kids running on the sidewalks yeah. wearing their Churchill gear, mm-hmm. see, see them in the weight room, mm-hmm. you know, see them in the gym. You know, we get comments all the time. And for a, as a coach, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. We're really excited to see how it translates. Yeah, definitely. And I talked about this with Coach Fellow a couple of nights ago and Bruce Kevin had him on a couple of days, a couple of weeks ago. We have a bunch of talented scores this year and they have a bunch of talent. They had a bunch of talented scores that we were talking about. How do you find the balance in letting those guys play their own game? Because obviously you'd hate to take away their freedom, but also blending that in with what we're trying to do as a team. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely different than last year. And mm-hmm. you, you, know, you can speak to that, and we don't need to dive into it. it the roster's completely different. It's a complete mm-hmm. overhaul. We're excited to see what kids step up. And you know, this year scoring shouldn't be much of an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. There's only one ball. There's five guys on the floor at any time. How yeah. do you distribute that? Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that you really try to instill is the Clay Thompson, Steph Curry philosophy mm-hmm. of who cares who gets credit yeah. as long as we win. I saw we both retweet that tweet. By yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I saw you retweeted. I retweeted it back. It just, it just, it's the simplest way to show it. Mm-hmm. Where you got one guy who has the record, one guy breaking it, yeah. and the guy who For had sure. the record is more excited mm-hmm. that it's his teammate. Yeah, because that's something that they strive for. That right there shows you this. That one of the things that I love is that they are pushing each other at all times, mm-hmm. and they're excited when each other does something like that. Because now, Steph, what does he want to do? He, he wants to go. push his game to the next mm-hmm. level. Maybe he's going to get it back one night. Yeah. That's something that we're trying to do. And I think if we do that with us, mm-hmm. then who scores any given night's not going to matter. Of course, we're yeah. all going to have threats. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, if we have five guys who are threatening to score at any time, we're good. If the, all five guys know that, then it doesn't matter who scores. Mm-hmm. We're going to tally up. We're going to score 100 points a couple nights. We're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, look forward to it. And you mentioned the Warriors culture. And obviously the word culture kind of gets thrown around every once in a while. But obviously you can't aspire to be like the Warriors. Not everyone can have three of the five best players in the world. But <laughs> – um, or two of the five best players in the world. Don't quote me on that. Um, are there any coaches that you kind of aspire to be? And not aspire to be, but kind of take bits and pieces of, like players do, us players yeah. do. Any coaches that you kind of like, oh, I like what he's doing there. I like what he's doing on defense. I like what he's doing on offense. Or- 100%. Yeah, Who? no, I mean, you don't – any good coach will tell you. Mm-hmm. They didn't come up with everything they got. They yeah. got it from somewhere. They adapted it. They tweaked it. They just purely stole it. Mm-hmm. Like, it is what it is. That's part of the – coaching community we all share ideas and we were at these conferences and things like that um i think for me growing up you know when i you know i played two years division three and it was just outside of philly Mm -hmm. and that's right when jay wright's just started building that program so we were really close to that so we got to go and see some things so jay wright is definitely one that I've really aspired offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just ironically enough that I feel like our roster this year really translates to his style. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see that. Um, it's something that I've always watched about how you got four guards at any time can and break a defense down shoot, and yeah. move the ball. The, the bigs can sh- really stretch the floor, which the basketball game today is really turning itself into is, you know, positionless basketball. You've heard a million times. Um, and defensively, like, I've always loved the pack line. Mm-hmm. I've always loved it. And, you know, so I love to watch Virginia play. Yeah. Um, so if I could mold both of those, it'd be great. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm not a huge fan of his offensive philosophy with 
30 seconds on the shot clock. Yeah. You're going to wait, 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 wait. Like I want to score points, but mm-hmm. I just love it. It's, it's five guys together working at all times to mm-hmm, make sure that we get the stop, whether it's charge, block, rebound, steal, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Um, so blending those two, I mean, I watch them religiously. I love yeah. it. Uh, that's a, you're the third coach you've had, and you're the third coach to mention Jay Wright. So yeah. certainly a popular name. And it's very easy to name him right now because he's like he's on top the of the coaching I, kingdom. Yeah. Um, you know, just, you know, for me as a younger coach, of course, he yeah. started as a younger coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a lot of ties in this area. Obviously, he's recruiting a lot of guys out of Paul the Sixth mm-hmm. and, and some schools now. So it's very easy to kind of fall in love with what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, I, we watched him live for national championship game and, Sad to watch him. I mean, the absolutely. We were watching. I was talking, sitting next to my dad, and I was like, Michigan was up. Uh, Villanova was like one of eight from three, and Michigan was only up three. I was like, we're done. Like, you can't only be up three against these guys. And literally, they know they drive, kick to the open shooter, and mm-hmm. everyone remembers Divincenzo going off that game. But it was really just like the culture of the team and the way they play that got him all those open you, shots. You don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah, you don't. And mm-hmm. good teams know that, and that's why any team can go zero for a hundred in the first half, and they know it takes two shots. Mm-hmm. You knock down one, you hit a second, you back into a rhythm, and things just keep steamrolling. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's such a beautiful thing to see. Mm-hmm. And then the word we've been talking about a lot, even though in the first 20 minutes, is culture. And between whether it's the Warriors, Villanova, and on our shooting shirts, give them a little sneak peek, the We Not Me. <laughs> and how do, you, yeah. how do you plan on instilling that culture? Because you can't wear it unless you have it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, part of what I, you know, I mentioned it earlier, mm-hmm. you know, let's just say it that way. I mentioned it earlier where it's, you know, coaches got to wear their true personality on their sleeves. Course, so yeah. if you're going to try to instill a philosophy or a culture, you got to live by that philosophy mm-hmm. and that culture. And then once you do that, it can't just be the coaches because eventually those words fall on deaf ears. You know, there comes a time where then players have to step up and you're either going to follow it on your own or you're going to become that leader. Mm-hmm. And once you become that, then you build that year by year by year. And mm-hmm. I think programs who are really, really good, they find a core group of guys mm-hmm. who all buy in. And then mm-hmm. they don't just buy in for each other as that class. Mm-hmm. They make sure that the younger guys leave. Yeah, of course. And they know and they say, hey, this is what you got to do and mm-hmm. you need to keep building on that. And then that is... You know, it's like how you build a house. You put mm-hmm. a foundation down, you build the walls, you build the roof, you build it all the way up. Um, and it starts with that foundation. And that's where we're looking at right now with our senior class is that possible foundation of mm-hmm. instilling it. They're taking the reins. Mm-hmm. I don't have to communicate when the weight room times are or anything like that. They do it. I don't mm-hmm. need to communicate what's going on in skill development. They do that. Like mm-hmm. they know what needs to be done. And so now we get to just work together and you know, everybody's on the same page, speaking the same words, living the same philosophy, living the same culture. Yeah, so you mentioned buying in, and that's kind of a term that gets tossed around a lot with basketball teams. For sure. As a player, not necessarily me, but everyone, when you, on the first day of practice, if you're saying, all right, we're buying into the system, what does that mean in your program? Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's believing that what we're doing is the right thing, Mm -hmm. and you do that by living it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just words, it's action. So mm-hmm. if I say we need to do this, this is what's going to make us successful. When I, t- I need to live, eat, sleep, and breathe those words mm-hmm. because that's how it gets infused into their heads. And that's how they, I believe they would buy in mm-hmm. It's because they believe it. It's not, they know it's, you know, kids are smart these days. Mm-hmm. They can see right through you, you know, and you know, kids can see right through coaches who are just spilling the words because that's what they heard at a coaching conference. Yeah. Versus that's what they really believe and that's what they're really going to get done. And 
to be honest with you, as a younger coach, that's one of my advantages because if I believe we need to step in and take charges and we're not doing it, guess who's going to be the first person to jump in there? Yeah. It's going to be me. I'm going to yeah. jump in. You, I'm going to eat it, and I'm going to swell up my chest, and then I'm going to ice it down for four hours after practice because it hurt like hell. <laughs> You've been running with us in the preseason, <laughs> so we know how it is. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. I do it while I can. <laughs> <laughs> and so if I were to tell someone who had never – Come seen, come has never seen a Churchill basketball game before, and everyone who's listening to this, you guys better come to the games this year. We need you guys as fans. Absolutely. What, what would you tell them that they should expect to uh, when they come watch us play? You're gonna expect to see a lot of fun on the court, mm-hmm. and then what I mean by fun on the court is you're gonna see these kids having fun. They're gonna be playing together, and then it's gonna be fun to watch because we're gonna be flying around. We're gonna be spreading the floor. You're gonna see us really attacking the rim. You know, and then seeing what the defense gives us and then making plays. Are we finishing at the rim? Are we kicking out and splashing threes down? I mean, we can shoot from positions one through five. Mm-hmm. You know, on any given night, it can be all of us. could be a couple of us. You know, it's not going to be, oh, let's move this system and just get this one guy the shot like we were in years past. Yeah. I and mean, this year, it's it's going to be completely different. And mm-hmm. we are very excited to kind of showcase that, which is why we're doing all those fun things like Midnight Madness yeah. and all that this year. Because, you know, we want the community to realize that things are changing. Mm-hmm. We're, we're trying to be like football. Mm-hmm. I mean, football's yeah. changing their thing, and we're trying to be a part of that and really – you know, turn Churchill out of just an academic school. Mm-hmm. We want to, we want them to realize like we got some athletes here. It's going to be fun to watch. You know, come hang out for two hours. Mm-hmm. It's five yeah. bucks. You're going to enjoy the show. <laughs> and so we went through all the positive things there. And to a basketball team and a basketball season, you watch any team. The Warriors go through a losing streak. Villanova goes through a losing streak. Duke goes through a losing streak. What are some challenges that maybe not expecting because you never want to expect a challenge, but you're kind of preparing yourself for this year. The peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. I mean, life's a war- roller coaster and sports are no different. You know, it's one thing that I've used in the past. You know, it's like a roller coaster. You're going to have peaks and valleys. It's going to go up and down. And the one thing you want to do is when we are getting to the peak and we're enjoying what we're doing, that we keep building on that so the peaks rise higher. Mm-hmm. And when we start to hit that valley and we go down and things aren't slipping, that we are smart enough to realize it's on its way down. Mm-hmm. And before we hit Death Valley, we are able to get back to the basics to get that peak going back up. You know, you think like an EKG roller coaster or anything, mm-hmm. it goes up and it goes down, it goes up and it goes down. And when things are exciting, we stay up mm-hmm. and that heartbeat is, it keeps going. Yeah. But when you're dead, that thing goes flatline and it's hard to, to redo mm-hmm. and build back up. So, you know, as coaches, that's our job. And that's one of the funnest challenges, mm-hmm. you know, money coaches might not say that, but when they, it's easy to win. It's easy to be the coach when you're winning because all the kids are buying course, in and yeah. everything's good. But, you know, good coaches realize is that those, those valleys are coming. And, you know, they love – good coaches love that challenge mm-hmm. on how, how is this – because every team's different. So mm-hmm. how with this team are we going to make sure that when we get into that scenario, we don't let it slip? Because mm-hmm. that's our job. We yeah. got to make sure we put the kids in the best position. And they might not know it. And then all of a sudden they're losing. Well, this isn't working. Well, this isn't working. And so how do we keep them buying into the philosophy? What do we do at practice that keeps us getting back on our, on our grind? Because, you know, it's four long months. Yeah, exactly. You know, and kids burn out and we got to keep things fresh. And that's all part of it. And then, so you mentioned, we talked about challenges. And has there ever been, we talked about your most fulfilling moment. Can you recall one moment of your coaching career was just, you can remember it was a lot of adversity and just, the hardest thing you've had to go through as a coach. Maybe I don't even, I don't know. It's such a broad topic and right. that's kind of what I'm going for. It yeah. just, 
something um, where you really yeah it was just a hard thing for you to face as a coach you know, ironically enough there's like quite a few mm-hmm. you know i think those i mean everybody tells you you learn the most from the negative things that happen to you in life mm-hmm. um you know one of the biggest things that i was looking forward to was when i got the good counsel job mm-hmm. to be the assistant there um, because I knew that at one point in the late nineties, like good council was pretty good. They yeah. had one Alhambra, like things were going very well. Um, you know, they had, obviously you can name Roger Mason, James Kiss, you know, so on and so forth. And then they had hit a huge slide. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when coach Kissel got the job there, I was very excited that he had asked me to be, you know, on his varsity staff as somebody to kind of help rebuild, mm-hmm. you know, really get your hands dirty on the recruiting process and building a solid foundation and, yeah. and doing that. And, and I'll tell you what, it was our fourth game of the year and we were at Sandy Spring Friends School and it was a team that we really thought, you know, we had a good chance to really win that game and yeah. we came out flat. It's probably the flattest yeah. now looking back that we were the entire year. Mm-hmm. And I would say the halftime and then the, even the post game of that, was the biggest gut check where I had to look myself mm-hmm. in the face and go, I'm t- 30 years old. <laughs> what am I going to do to help these kids? Uh-huh, yeah. And I really had to look myself in the mirror and say, like, you say you have this philosophy. You say you're going to bring this. Uh-huh. Like, what are you going to do now that you are at the lowest of the lows? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, why I really believe that you get back to the basics. You get back to the grind you don't look behind you. You keep moving forward and you keep doing what you're supposed to be doing because you know that you believe it's going to work. Mm-hmm. If you start to falter that you don't believe it, guess what happens? Mm-hmm. The kids see it, keeps going downhill. You know, you become the New York Giants in football right now. <laughs> an Giant, you know, well, you it, want to talk about the yeah. Giants right now. <laughs> Where it's just like you just don't know how to get out of that sand pit. Yeah, I mean, I've, I think I'm, I haven't coached, but – I can imagine the two worst things as coaches, one, your team coming out flat because you can't play, and two, shots just aren't sure. falling. For sure. And, like, I just think those are like the two things that if I were a coach, you'd be like, damn, I, I really don't know what to do. So obviously the shots you can't control, but what you have like a go-to line? or so What do you preach to your team if, let's say, we come out flat against in a big game? Like, What are you going to do to jack us back up? Oh, the timeout comes early. You can yeah. tell that vibe in warm-ups. Mm-hmm. And I'll be the first one to tell you, I know I'm calling a timeout within the first two minutes. <laughs> it's, you can tell. Uh-huh. You can just tell by the vibe on warm-ups. We're not flying around. We're mm-hmm. not, you know, we're not, we're not moving. You know, we're not really shooting the ball with any sort of focus or mm-hmm. intensity. We're just kind of going through the warm-ups. And, you know, a lot of times it doesn't happen in the big games. Like, it's pretty easy to get amped up in big yeah, games. It comes in that lull, like, over winter break, or you're playing a team that you feel like you're just going to thump by 30, and you're like, let's just get through this. It's our trap game. We know. Coach has been preaching it. And then you come out, and you're up 5-2, and there's two minutes to go in the first quarter. And you're like, how? <laughs> what's going on? You know, you, coaches see that coming. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll pick an instance where, you know, the first turnover, mm-hmm. the first missed rebound, you know, it could be, you know, the first missed pass where we took a selfish shot. Mm-hmm. We're going to call the next time out yeah. and we're going to challenge them. And it's all about challenging them because you're not playing the other team half the time. You're of playing course, yourselves yeah. to get better and Agreed. do this. And when you're playing a team that, it, you know, if you're blessed enough to where you know that they're just not on your level, which doesn't happen often because mm-hmm. anybody can win. But if you know that, it's all about challenging yourself. What are you going to do? You got to do things right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's the one thing I always tell them. And he, 
when you get to miss shots, it's tough. Yeah, miss shots. It's because tough. then what do the kids want to do? They want to try to do something different. Exactly. You know? yeah. Oh, well, that didn't work today, so let's do this. Well, no, mm-hmm. it worked because you got an open look. Mm-hmm. And the thing mm-hmm. I was telling them is creating shots is hard. Yeah. That's the hardest part. Knocking them down is, you know, what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And, but you only look at the makes and misses. You, kids don't look at the creation. Yeah. If you create a good shot, that's what matters. Mm-hmm. You're going to make more than you miss if you create good shots. But mm-hmm. when you start getting out of that, mm-hmm. you're getting out of your normal rhythm, that's tough. So, mm-hmm. you know, in that instance, we're just continually preaching. The shot you're creating is there. The mm-hmm. shot you're creating is there. That's the shot we want. Keep shooting that shot. It's going to fall. Mm-hmm. You just keep ingraining that into their heads so they keep doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically that's a lot of great insight. And, I mean, I just can't imagine being a coach of, like, big game, you come out and just, like, no one can hit a shot at it. It's like, it'd be yeah. like the worst nightmare. <laughs> and so final question, this is how I end off. I've ended off the first two interviews. If you, if your players could leave your program with one thing on or off the court, one lesson, what would you want it to be? Self-motivation. Mm-hmm. I say that all the time. You know, the, it was one of the big hindrances in my career mm-hmm. was self-motivation. I wasn't the biggest go-getter in the weight room. You know, I wasn't always the biggest go-getter on working on some of my deficiencies. Like, I was a really good shooter, but I wasn't a great ball handler. So, mm-hmm. I made sure that my shot was perfect. Yeah. You know, um, I used that lesson in my life that was a negative and try mm-hmm. to turn that into positive for the kids that I coach. That you've got to be self-motivated. Mm-hmm. You've got to have the self-discipline. You've got to want to work on your overall game. Um, and if they leave that and they say, hey, you know, when I was in that program, the one thing that I got out of it was that no matter what I'm doing, I got to make sure that I'm motivated to do my best at all times. I'm good. Yeah. All right. We'll end on that great ending note. Thank you so much, Coach, for joining oh, me. No and problem. Thank you, Jake. Everyone come out and support Churchill this season. Go Thank dogs. you guys for tuning in.